Today on the show, I will give an introduction to the podcast and also answer a listener question. Visit thestoryofmepodcast.com to submit your own questions and also follow the link to the Facebook group so you can continue the conversation after the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thank you. Now let's get to it. Beautiful am I, bountiful am I, blissful am I, why? Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where I share stories from my unconventional life and relate the psychological insights that I learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you as well as increase your awareness of your own self-limiting patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Thank you for joining me for the first episode of The Story of Me with Amarjit Singh. Today I will answer a listener question about anger, which is, I think, a topic that's very common these days, and I, I got quite a few questions actually regarding this. But first, I would like to share with you an introduction to the podcast, and I'm very excited to share this with you. I'm excited to be here and share this podcast with you. It's an exciting uh, project for me to interact with you in a way that's different than I have in the past through my workshops. And so I would like to give this introduction and talk about the theme of this podcast, the format of the podcast, and then also give you a little background of me for those who don't know me. So let's begin with the theme of the podcast. And I'd like to Start this off by asking a question. How often do you feel frustrated because you know you could be accomplishing more than you are? Yet it seems things are always getting in your way and holding you back from achieving what you know you are capable of. This is a feeling that we all experience. Everyone feels this at some point in their life. Sometimes it might be stronger than others, but we all experience this, that there's something inside of us that needs to be manifest, that needs to come out, but we're having difficulty allowing this expression to come out for some reason. The intention of the podcast is to deal with this, to help you achieve what you are capable of, to help you achieve your potential. And this means liberating yourself from the habit patterns that are holding you back from achieving your potential. And so what does this mean? What is your potential and what are the habit patterns that are holding you back from it? Often we put our potential at some finite point. Once I achieve this 
level of success. Once I achieve this degree or this economic position in life or this material gain or, or, or whatever it may be, then we feel we have achieved our potential. We put some outside measurement on it, some external measurement on what our potential is. But your potential is not some point that you reach it and you've achieved it, because this would mean that your potential is finite. And it isn't. Your potential is infinite. Your potential is not some line that you cross, but rather it is a condition, a condition where there is no more resistance within the self. So what is this resistance? This resistance is the habit patterns. These habit patterns are holding you back from achieving what you are capable of. And so this is what we are going to focus on, is how to liberate yourself from these habit patterns, how to express yourself authentically without this resistance to the true self. You'll be able to be more expressive, more creative, more loving. You're able to express love without resistance to others, but most importantly, to yourself. And so when we're talking about liberating yourself from these habit patterns, we're talking about learning how to experience freedom. Often we equate freedom with action, but action is not necessarily a manifestation of freedom. It can be, but not necessarily. Because many of your actions are based on impulses of the mind and the body, and you're not free. True freedom comes from stillness, not movement. When you're able to be still from the impulses of the mind and the body, you're truly free. Look at a neurotic person. What are they unable to do is they're unable to be still. They have to constantly be moving because they're reacting to the impulses of the mind and the body and they don't know how to stop them. And this is why people have difficulty being happy in life. If you cannot be still and present, happiness will evade you. How can you be happy if you're not present? But often we're in our mind, we're thinking of the past or what's going to happen in the future, and then we wonder why we're not happy. You can think of this as trying to enjoy a party that you're not at. How can you enjoy it? And this is what you're doing is you're not in the present moment and you're trying to enjoy life. You're in the past. The past is dead. The future is not born yet. And the present is alive. The present is where happiness exists. And so what we will do through this process of eliminating the habit patterns is to learn how to be more present. Because then there's more inner peace. There's more harmony in your life. It's also easier to express love to others and to yourself when you remove this resistance <clears throat> When you remove this inner resistance, you're able to express love to yourself and to others more easily. Your expression is authentic. 
it's more satisfying. You'll feel more fulfilled. And so this is the theme of the podcast, is how to liberate yourself from the habit patterns that are holding you back from achieving your potential. And this includes all of your life. Every aspect of your life is in this intention. Finding your purpose in life, enjoying life, having good relationships in your life, everything exists in understanding how to liberate yourself from these habit patterns. And so this podcast is for anyone who wants to enjoy life more, to be more peaceful, to be more expressive, to have more love in their life, to be authentic, to be creative. It's going to benefit you. So the format for the show. Now, the format is going to be different than my teaching and writing. And for those of you who have been to my workshops, this will be a little different format. For those who haven't, you won't notice the difference. But in the podcast, I'm going to go deeper into my personal experiences and share not only what I have learned, but how I experienced the understanding. So what I will do is I will share stories from my life and then relate the psychological insights that I learned from these experiences. And these stories will hopefully entertain you a little bit, but they will help you increase your awareness and understanding of your own self-limiting patterns. You know, often it's easier to see other people's habit patterns than to see your own, but once we see them in someone else, then it's easier to see them in ourselves. So even though this podcast is titled The Story of Me, it's really not about me in this way that you may think, but it's really a celebration of the journey that we all share and the knowledge that this journey brings us. You can think of my stories as just a mirror for you to increase awareness and understanding of your own experiences. So the podcast will have different parts of it. Some of the parts will be me discussing a particular experience I've had and the understanding that went along with it. And like I said, these will be personal experiences that I don't normally share in my workshops, but I will share them here. And some of them were very heavy experiences, but the heavy ones are usually the ones that brought upon the biggest insights. And so I will share these experiences with you, and then we will talk about the psychology behind them. And I will do this using the principles of yoga psychology to show you how to recognize, break, and create new patterns of living by understanding the resistance that is holding you back. So what is yoga psychology? I get asked this question quite frequently. I've been teaching workshops for the past 15, 20 years on yoga psychology around the world and also counseling people based on its principles. And even people who do yoga will ask me, what is yoga psychology? Because most people look at yoga this way. They go to the yoga studio and they unroll their yoga mat. 
and they believe that this is where yoga begins. Then the class is over and they roll up their yoga mat and they think this is where yoga ends. But really, the physical aspect of yoga is a very small part of yoga. In fact, yoga is a complete system of psychology. When we compare it to Western psychology, we see that yoga is a more complete system of psychology. Because how many people out there have gone through years and years of therapy and continue the same habit patterns? They can intellectualize what is happening, why it's happening, and use all the popular psychological terminology, yet they continue with these habit patterns. is because there's something missing. Depending on the form of Western psychology, if it's behavioral psychology or uh, psychotherapy or whatever it may be, there's something missing from it. They all have their benefits, but they're not a complete system because they neglect many aspects of, of what is necessary to improve your life. When you look at these Western forms of psychology, they're either focused from the perspective of the mind or from the perspective of the behavior, of the emotions. But yoga, or yoga psychology, the main perspective is from the true self, the soul or the spirit or whatever you want to call it, the consciousness. And the projection of this consciousness is what illuminates your experience here through the mind and the body vehicle. And so yoga psychology is about this perspective is how to raise your awareness and your consciousness to recognize this truth, to become aware of the subtle within. And this is what the physical aspect of yoga is. It's a preparation for what yoga really is. Yoga is about union, the union between you and your higher self, which we call self-realization. And the physical aspect is to be able to put the body in a state of harmony so it can be at peace. And when it's at peace, then we're able to go deeper and we're more sensitive to recognize the subtleties within And this is what we'll be doing in this podcast, is how to train your awareness to improve your understanding of who you are and to understand the truth within. And the side effect of this understanding is peace, is love, is harmony. Now, this podcast is different than how I normally teach my workshops because when I'm teaching a workshop, obviously the students are in the workshop and we have this dialogue where I speak on a topic and they interject with their questions and I respond and it's a back and forth dialogue where we connect with each other. And this is what I really enjoy about teaching is connecting my experiences with you. And since we're using this medium of the podcast, we have to connect in different ways, but we're still going to connect. 
And the way we're going to do this is, one, by you submitting your questions. And this is very important, is to give me your questions that are related to this topic of your habit patterns and achieving your potential and the purpose of life and Everything affects this. Any question you have about your relationships in life, the difficulties, the habit patterns you can't let go of, whatever it is, submit your questions. And you can do this by going to the podcast website. And there's two ways that you can submit the question. One, you can record your question right from the website there's a button on there on the contact page and you record your but your you record your question and then I can play this question on the podcast and answer it for you or you can type in your question in the form and submit this and I can read the question and I want everyone to participate in this way because your question is going to help other people as well and and it's also going to help you connect to to what I am sharing. And so each episode, I will answer some questions, and you'll see today later in the show, I will answer a question we had on anger. And so this is one way that we will connect. The second way is that I have created a Facebook group, and I invite you to join this group to give your feedback on the podcast in the form of your experience with it, because we will talk about different topics and you can share your experiences with these topics, or you can present your own experiences, your own ideas, and we can discuss them in this group. And it's a way for all of us to connect together to form this community. And I can get to know you and we can work on removing this resistance so that you're able to communicate in a clearer way and you're able to enjoy life more. We will do this through this Facebook group that I created where we'll be able to participate and have this dialogue. And then even some of the dialogue that we have in this group, I can use as questions or material to discuss when I see issues that maybe need to be clarified or that people want to get deeper into. And so through these two ways that we're going to be able to interact, and maybe this will prove to be even more effective than being at a workshop because we'll be able to cultivate this relationship in a little more depth as I get to know you and as you participate. But you're going to have to participate instead of just being a passive listener and you'll get more out of it. So now, just to give you a little background for those of you who don't know me, about 20 years ago, I renounced the householder's life. And what does this mean? What does it mean to renounce the householder's life? Well, according to yoga, there are two paths in life. One path is the householder's life, and the second is the renunciate. Neither path is better or worse than the other. They're just different ways to get to the same thing. The householder path is the path that most people live in life where they have a, uh, just like it sounds, they have a home, they have a family, they have responsibilities, they have their daily job, 
and they have this connection to the community and to their, their society. The renunciate is someone who renounces this lifestyle and focuses their entire life on the attainment of self-realization. And so their whole focus is this. They typically live outside of society, meaning they don't have the house and the family and and these types of, of conditions. And so about 20 years ago, I quit my corporate job and dedicated myself to this path. And I have had many jobs. I've worked jobs such as construction worker to investment banker on Wall Street. I've had many different types of jobs. The last jobs I had, I was making quite a bit of money, living economically very well, and I let go of it to pursue this path. And so I think this relates to many people who want to not renounce the householder's life, but want to change their life to do something that's more in line with their true being rather than just doing a typical job where they're not connected to. And this is what I've encountered quite frequently in my workshops and counseling, how people are wanting to align their life with their deeper self, whatever this may be, to have a job that's more creative or more fulfilling in some way. And since I have some experience in how to make these changes, we will talk a lot about these experiences, and I will give you some uh, stories from my, my background of working on Wall Street or working for Disney Studios as a financial planner and manager or an economics professor. I even worked as a stand-up comedian. So there's many jobs I, we can talk about and many experiences to share and to discuss how to really find your purpose in life and how to align your life with some deeper meaning for whatever this is for you. So the last 15 years or so, I've been living in ashrams, monasteries, and even caves. Uh, The last 10 years, I've been traveling around India on a motorcycle, living in different ashrams and monasteries and meditating in caves uh, everything I own, I can pretty much carry on to my motorcycle. And so so this is the life that I've been living to focus my attention on liberation, on experiencing the true self. And this is what I want to share with you through this medium. And I think this will be a great way to really connect to you to share what I've experienced and for you to see that you've experienced quite a lot of these things but haven't recognized it because you haven't been trained to look the right way. You haven't cultivated the sensitivity to understand what is really happening at a deep level. And together we can create this process of connecting and cultivating this relationship and learning 
how to let go of these habit patterns and how to express yourself in a more fulfilling and complete way. And so every Tuesday, I will put up a new episode where I'll share my personal experiences and psychological understanding. I will interview guests about their journey and talk to them about what was difficult for them, what they experienced. And again, I will also answer listener questions. So this is what I wanted to discuss with you today about the format that this podcast is going to take and how you can participate. And so I encourage you after the show is to participate in this, to submit your questions, to join this Facebook group. And then we can continue this journey together. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. Anger seems to be a popular topic these days as I've received a few questions regarding it. So now let's listen to one of them. Hi, my name is Mindy, and I was wondering, how do I stop being angry at someone who I've been angry at for so long? Thank you, Mindy, for your question. So let's look at this question a little deeper. To begin with, we have the question, how do I stop being angry at someone who I've been angry at for so long? This is actually two questions. The first is, how do I stop being angry? And the second is, how do I stop projecting my anger onto this person or others? And so I can tell you from my own experience of anger, growing up in a household where anger was present, uh, I didn't understand what this anger was about when I was a child. I was just afraid of it. And... I had an experience of understanding what this anger was. And it was during a meditation retreat. I had gone to this retreat feeling a little angry and frustrated with life. And yes, yogis can feel this way even as they're walking into a meditation retreat. 
However, after 10 days of 10 hours a day meditating, I started to not feel anger anymore, but I started to feel the rise of this sadness. And it's like the fog of anger had lifted, and below it was sadness. And at this moment, you start to realize that this anger is the protection from feeling victimized as a child. And I remember having this other experience when I was in Goa, in India, and I was standing out front of a store with a friend of mine who owned the shop, and there was this dog, and every time a car would pass by, this dog would wake up from laying down and start chasing the car and barking at it. Then it would go back to its spot, and another car would come, and it would start doing the same thing over and over. And I asked, well, why is this dog doing this? And my friend told me, that this dog had gotten hit by a car when it was young, and so now it was barking at the cars as they passed. And this is what we do, is we put up this protection of anger to defend ourselves from this perceived victimization and emotional pain. So we can say that anger is the scab of perceived victimization. It is there because we aren't dealing with this sadness or this emotional pain. And unfortunately, I didn't know that it was my father's protection because he had not gotten over his perceived victimization. So instead of me being compassionate, I carried a lot of resentment and this perpetuated the anger. But what is really important is that you're able to let go of judgment to understand these experiences. And it took a lot of letting go of this judgment to truly understand up to this point and to be able to appreciate this. And I have a memory from when I was a child. I think I was in first grade, and we're learning how to write, and I'm writing in pencil. And every time I would make a mistake, I would erase it and then angrily blow away the eraser particles. And because I was making lots of mistakes, my anger was getting worse and worse. And I remember this uh, very vividly as a child, looking down at my paper and recognizing that my feeling was changing internally, that I wasn't feeling good. And... I didn't like the way I was feeling. And so at this point, I said, okay, the next time I make a mistake, I am going to erase the mistake and then gently wipe off the particles of the eraser instead of angrily blowing them away. And so this is an experience that, looking back upon it, I recognized that it was necessary for me to have this experience of seeing the anger in someone else and then feeling the effects of the anger. And so this comes to the next point is how do we understand what this anger is covering up and what it is protecting us from? So we can look at this in reflection to our experience. We can look at how we are reacting 
and when we are reacting. When are we at our angriest? What are you afraid of will happen if you don't project this anger? And so there will be certain themes in your life that will cause more anger than others. Why does this experience cause me to be angrier than this other experience? And there's something about this that we're afraid of. And so it's to look at what is this protection trying to protect me from? And you can look into how you've been hurt before. I would focus on the early aspect of life, of what happened to you in your childhood that you felt victimized or you felt hurt or you felt neglected or whatever the experience was. And even though I'm saying to look in your your early life, your childhood, most likely this is something that has carried over from past lives, but it's been probably reinforced or manifest in your earlier life. And so this is one way to start to look at it, say, what would happen What would happen if I wasn't angry in this moment? If I was just open and vulnerable, what would happen to me? What am I afraid that is going to happen to me? What am I trying to protect? And this is a good place to start with this understanding. And then the next part of this is then, how do I stop being angry? We have to understand a couple things about how to stop being angry. The primary aspect is you are the first victim of your anger. Think about this. Your anger is harming you before anyone else. And so we need to approach this from an aspect of self-love. How is this anger harming you? And we can talk about this because it's harming you mentally and physically. What happens to you when you become angry? What is the first thing that happens to you? How is the body working? The heartbeat starts to go faster and harder. You can feel your chest thumping. Your breath starts to become heavier and faster. Why is that? Why does your heartbeat and your breath change when you're angry? Well, we have to think about how the body works and how the emotions affect how the body functions. In a later episode, we'll get into this in much greater detail. In fact, it may take two or three episodes to really get into the relationship between the mind, the body, and the emotions. Let's just focus on the aspect of anger. So we look at our body as this solid mass but it isn't. In fact, there's nothing that is really solid. The ground you're standing on is not solid. The walls that are around you are not solid. Everything is a particle that is vibrating so fast, it appears to be a solid. And this goes with your body. It's just a projection of atoms that are vibrating so fast that it appears to be solid. Now, it doesn't mean that you can kick your foot through the wall or you can stamp through the ground, but it does mean that it is not solid. It's just a vibration of atoms, and you are a vibration of atoms. 
everything you do causes a vibration. When you have one thought over another thought, they have distinct vibrations. Your mind may not be so sensitive to recognize the difference in the vibration from one thought to the other or one movement to another, but the coarse ones you're able to recognize. If you hear loud, aggressive music, it vibrates you a particular way. If you hear soft, soothing music, it vibrates your energy into another way. And these are very coarse examples, but there's even more subtle examples when we look at one thought to another thought. And so when we have a thought that we are being harmed, that we are being attacked, it creates this sensation, which we call an emotion. And this emotion is a sensation based on your thinking, and it creates a vibration. And this vibration happens in different parts of the body depending on which emotion it is and which aspect of your psychology is related to. The vibration of anger happens in the chest area. And this is what we feel when we get angry. We can feel the strong area in the chest feeling warm as the heart beats stronger. So why does this heart beat stronger and the breath get deeper when we experience anger? It's because the vibration of anger is a very coarse vibration. And it happens in this area of the chest and it hinders the operation of the heart. The heart is unable to pump the blood in and out in a smooth way. And so it has to beat harder and harder to project this blood through the body. At the same time, this sensation of anger, this vibration of anger, prevents your lungs from expanding fully. And so the breath needs to go deeper to to obtain enough oxygen. And so we can see that physiologically, we are harming ourselves with this anger. Now, when the anger goes away, remnants of this vibration remain. And if this is a habitual aspect to your life, this anger repeats itself over and over. More and more of this vibration will stay within the chest and the the lungs and the heart. And eventually you will have heart trouble and you will have lung trouble and liver trouble. And this is the result of your anger. And so this is what makes you the first victim of your anger. Step number one is to understand that you love yourself. Why do you want to harm yourself? How is that going to make your day better, make your life better? And so we need to learn to be calm. And I'm not saying to repress the anger. Don't do that. There's nothing wrong with feeling these emotions. There's nothing wrong with it. You should not repress any emotion. But I'm not telling you to act on the emotion or to react to the emotion. So when you feel the anger, feel it. Observe the anger. How does it feel? How does my head feel? How does my mind feel? How is my heart beating? How is my lungs? Observe it. How does my chest feel? Take an inventory. And as you're doing this, start to say, okay, what just happened now that I'm feeling this anger? What happened to cause this? Because often what happens is we feel the anger and we react to it. And when you react to it, you reinforce it. 
you make it stronger. Also, when you're reacting, there's no space for understanding. This is what we would call awareness after the fact. We explode and we say something or we behave some way and then 10 minutes later, an hour later, five years later, 20 years later, we regret it. And this is awareness after the fact. I wish I wouldn't have said this. I wish I wouldn't have done this. And we've harmed ourselves and projected our harm onto other people. Instead, be present with the anger. Without reacting to it, without judging it, without thinking I should not be angry. No, no. Accept it. It's happening. And just observe how you're experiencing it. And what is this anger trying to get you to do? or to not do. It's trying to get me to yell at this person, or it's trying to get me to not say anything. Okay, so now with the mind, what is the right thing to do? Is to be kind, to project love and compassion, to accept the situation. And when I mean accept, we'll get into this in a moment, but it's not really about the other person. What someone says or does to you is about them. How you react is about you, and you have to look at your reaction because this will tell you about the habit patterns, and the more you react, the more you're connected to this karma, the more you're connected to these habit patterns. Your resistance to what is happening is perpetuating what is happening. And so... Even if this person is is a million times wrong and they're projecting their anger onto you, they're projecting hate onto you, whatever it is, understand that this is not about you. It's about them. If someone is unable to express love and compassion in their communication, their behavior, it's because they're not happy with themselves. And so the other way to deal with this anger and to deal with this other person is to understand that they're suffering and have compassion for them. Have compassion that they are not happy with themselves. And we can look at the extreme cases of this, physical violence or murder. What is murder but a projection of self-hate? Because if you love yourself, it's very difficult to harm someone else. And you can look at this in your own life. The more you love yourself, the easier it is to be kind to people. And if you're having difficulty being kind to someone, look inward and say, how am I treating myself? Now, when I say to have compassion and to accept the situation... I'm not saying to tolerate an unhealthy relationship. You have to have compassion for them to understand what is happening within them, but it doesn't mean you need to tolerate this behavior. It doesn't mean that you should accept abuse and continue unhealthy relationships because this is a symptom of a lack of self-love. What you tolerate is a representation of how you feel about yourself. Another thing about dealing with your anger in someone else is the initial reaction is we want to yell at this person. And 
what this does is it escalates any issues you're going to have and again perpetuates this anger inside of you. And in fact, the first thing that person is going to think when you yell at them, even if they were the cause of this, which if they are, they aren't, isn't important. But let's say they are the cause of this and you yell back at them. The first thing they think is, oh yeah, I can see they're a bad person. Look how they're yelling at me. Even if they were doing it first, because this is how we operate. But now let's say this person is projecting their their ill will on you. You respond with kindness, with love in your heart, with love in your words, and compassion. Then there's more of an opportunity that they're going to recognize that they're overreacting or that they're dealing with this in the incorrect way. Maybe you've had experiences like this. I know I have. I've gone into a store where I had to return something or I had a question about something I purchased and and the customer service person I felt wasn't listening to me and doing all this and you start to get angry and they stay nice and calm and they answer your questions and you realize, oh, I'm projecting my own anger onto them because I can see this disparity. I'm getting angry and they're not. And maybe I'm overreacting. And so if we're able to be calm, maybe there's more of an opportunity for this person to see this. Okay, to wrap up, let me summarize what we just went through. First, you need to examine what is it that this anger is protecting and try to go beyond this and to experience the sadness that's there, and and get at the root of the problem. Because the anger is just the superficial uh, symptom of a deeper issue. Then we have to understand how to stop being angry. This is understanding we are the victim of our own anger. And then how to deal with it is to not react to it, to be present with it, not repress it, but not react to it. Try to be vulnerable and open instead of closed and angry. And then we try to replace this anger with compassion, trying to understand that this person who is making us angry is suffering, or at the least causing suffering. And how do we have compassion for this person to be kind to this person because they need it? And even if they don't, you do. You need to be kind to yourself. Remember, this anger is the scab of perceived victimization and emotional pain. And you need to learn how to deal with it. And slowly, you start to let go of it and get below the surface. Okay, Mindy, I think this answers the question. If you have any follow-up questions, please send me one. Or if anyone else has a follow-up question, feel free to send me this if you need further explanation or you want to get into more detail of the types of anger or the situations, we can do this as well, or any other questions you have. So again, make sure you're going to the website, thestoryofmepodcast.com, And you go to the contact page, and there's a place you can record your question. It's very simple. You push a button, and you record your question, and then we can listen to it and hear it. 
And your question may be the same as other people's questions. So don't think that, oh, my question's not important. No one else suffers from this. Because I got several questions regarding anger. And so it's very common, all these different things. And we can develop this dialogue. Just like you were sitting in front of me in a workshop, you ask a question and I can give you the response. And if you don't want to record your question, you can also type one in there and send it in the contact form, and I'll read it. So send me your questions, and we'll get to them in the coming episodes. So there is one more part to this program that I didn't discuss in the introduction. And I didn't discuss this because I wanted to make sure that you would listen to the whole podcast. And maybe if you heard this part, you would be discouraged. But this is the part of the podcast where I'm going to assign homework. Yes, you heard it correctly. I am going to give you homework. And I'm doing this because you will get more out of this interaction we're going to have if you're doing more than passively listening. You will get something out of it from passively listening but you will get much more out of it if you participate. And so each episode I will give you a little bit of homework to do, and I would like you to share your experience with the homework in the Facebook group that I created for the podcast. You can go to thestoryofmepodcast.com, and at the top there is a link to the Facebook group, And you can join this Facebook group and you can give your feedback for this homework or or any questions or, or comments you would like to make and share with other people so we can have this dialogue. I don't want this just to be me speaking into a microphone and and this is it. I want to create a dialogue so that we can share this and to interact together, then it's more interesting for me and it's more beneficial for you. So the homework. Okay, so the homework is about anger, since we spoke about it quite a bit today, is to be present with your anger. I want you to observe your anger without reacting. I know this part is challenging for many people, But if you're not reacting, it's easier to observe the anger. Don't repress it, observe it. What does the body feel like? What does the mind feel like? How are you responding? What is this anger trying to get you to do or not do? Because this is the habit pattern, is you feel something and then you react to it, and that's your habit pattern. And so you feel this anger and then say, okay, when I get angry, I yell or I run away or whatever I do. Well, this is the habit pattern. And if you're observing and not reacting, you're breaking that habit pattern. And you're able to try to go beyond the anger because this is the goals. Remember, anger is the scab of perceived victimization and emotional pain. And we want to go beyond the superficial anger because it's just a byproduct, it's just a symptom of a much deeper problem, some perceived victimization or some pain that hasn't been dealt with and that you're protecting yourself from. 
So observe how you're feeling when you get angry. Also, what is making you angry? And what makes you angrier than something else? What is the thing that causes the most anger in you? And try to see, well, if I didn't get angry in this moment and I just left myself open and vulnerable, what am I afraid would happen? Okay, I think this is enough homework. And make sure you share your experience with this. You can also go to the storyofmepodcast.com for the show notes. And I will put the homework in there if you forget and want to be reminded or any other notes from today's show. You can go to the contact page and you can submit your question. And there's a nice button there. You push the button and then you can record your question and hit send. And this is how simple it is. And then I can play it on the on the podcast. Or if you'd like, you can type up your question and submit it that way as well. But it's always nice to hear someone and play their question by the, in their own voice on the show so people can feel the emotion in this uh, expression. So thank you for joining me today. It was a fun first show for me. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you have any friends that you feel would benefit from this, share it with them so we can grow this community. So thank you and connect with me on all the social media. You can see all the links on the website. So until the next time, let love be the current that carries your words and actions. 